You're listening to This Is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast, brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them on 01453 or via email hello at Hello and welcome to your weekly edition of this is Ibrox the Rangers podcast. My name is Scott Patterson, your host for the pod and joining us on the pod this week, two regular podders, we're joined by Tommy McIntyre. Hi Tommy, welcome. Evening James. And really good to welcome back Willie Boyd after a couple of weeks AWOL stroke missing, which is kind of the same thing, isn't it? I was not in Josh Square, that's what I'm saying. William, welcome. Good to have you back. Should say as well that we're really pleased to, to welcome along to, to the pod group a new member of this Ibrox, Robbie Halliday joins us. Hi Robbie, how are you? I'm good mate, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us, you're very welcome. Thank you. So this Cybrox podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them as early as you can on 01453 or via the email hh hello at hhhmortgages.com on their website treblehmortgages.com and it's the same on facebook thomas behave yourself i'm not even sorry <laughs> unbelievable if you do want to speak from it you can mention my name tommy's name willie's name indeed robbie's name now and and these guys will sort you out okay so let's assemble so we start with quite a serious note we have to say uh Everyone at this Cybrox would like to wish Walter Smith their, their very best wishes. Obviously, across the weekend, it came out that he has been having some health difficulties. Everyone within the group um, wishes um, Walter and his, his family um, their assistance and support and what is a, a speedy recovery. I took to Twitter on Saturday afternoon, Thomas, to, to illustrate, and I, and I quote myself, what a shite hole that place can be. Um, there was a lot of nonsense that was spouted on, on that medium over the weekend and it caused a huge deal of distress for the supporters and, I would suggest, Walter Smith's family. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's sad enough when people get, get bad news at the best of times, having to see the rumour mill flick into operation on people who, quite frankly, pushing stories out for some sort of pseudo-likes in terms of being ITK. Yeah. Um, that, that's not a... That's not a winning position. You don't get any glamour from that. This is a very sensitive subject about somebody who we all respect and love, who's loved wider than the club as well. And maybe just leave it to the family and the club to do something about that. I know we all feel that we own a little bit of Walter Smith because of everything he's ever done for us. Since Steve and Gerard will find some of that in the future as well. But just take your foot off the pedal. Something is happening in people's lives. You do not need to break that story on Twitter doesn't give you any glamour. Just put it aside and let the family deal with what they need to deal with and then something will come out about it. Thankfully, the club made a statement and put all the, well, I got sent this WhatsApp by my best pal's fiance's cousin's dog that was listening at the window. Okay, yeah. aye, right, there's nothing in that. Just walk past it and leave people who have their own stories in the background and live their own life. Willie, I think the one thing that, that kind of struck me is the almost the responsibility that you have as an individual after you hit send because it's right out there in the ether and you, you, you can't take it back. And we all sort of seen horrific things on, on Saturday which made us gulp and, and gasp and um, 
probably feel pretty crappy about ourselves for a little while. Um, as Tommy says, it was good to see some clarity from the club eventually. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're probably distressing the family loads, especially maybe if they think that's maybe something else that's happened on top of, you know, whatever else is going on behind the scenes. And then that's the first place, you know, they think they've seen uh, other news. It's it's no nice, to be honest. It should really be kind of not on the social medias, uh, in my opinion. So we will, um, again, best wishes to Walter Smith in the first instance. Um, we're going to cover tonight the first leg of the Europa League from last Thursday. We will also speak a little bit and we'll do a look ahead to what Robbie said off camera, I think quite rightly, is, is probably the biggest week of the season so far. Um, a big second leg at Ibrox on Thursday and then, of course, the the trip to Celtic Park where we fully expect a guard of honour on Sunday at lunchtime. Tommy, rewind it back to Thursday. Um, general opinion on how we started in Prague last week? Uh, I think you pretty much file it under ropey. That's probably... Um, <laughs> depending on how polite you are, you could say the players were dehydrated. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, probably a, a colloquialism that we can get away with. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a poor start. You know, I thought Slavia Prague full of power and pace as well and were really on the front foot. I, I sensed that Slavia were looking to not exactly put the tie to bed within that first 20 minutes, but really try to build a cushion. Yeah. Actually, when you get in there and, you know, we can speak more about the game. I you know, don't want to steal the mic away from the from the guys and stuff like that. But out with of one or two wee last-ditch challenges, I actually watched it back. They scored the world day. And then they had a couple of breakthroughs and there was a couple of last-ditch defendants. But we weren't actually, you know, Al McGregor wasn't making tons of saves in that 20 minutes. You know, they didn't yeah. continually carve us open. But I do, I do think that we started really slowly and then grew into the game as we, you know, took some Alka-Seltzers and Pro Plus and maybe sobered up. Listen, we've all been um, there. <laughs> I, exactly, you know what I mean? Um, don't give me the orange stuff. Give me, give me something stronger. <laughs> if that's the worst. If that's the, I mean, they're a good side, right? Um, at their own pitch where they've got a really good record. And we're coming off the back of... <laughs> celebration, right? <laughs> if that's as bad as we play, and we weathered that storm and went one 0 down to a world day, and then managed to get ourselves back in terms, actually there's a positive to that. And so, yeah, we didn't start particularly well, but we didn't blow the tie in that twenty minutes by starting slowly. Robbie, I would suggest that to date of all the teams that we've faced so far this season, Slavia Prague was, was certainly the best so far. Yeah, I, I thought they were a decent side and see actually leading into the game. I did have a bit of fear that as a support we probably underestimated how good they were going to be. How, how we view ourselves is probably how they view themselves. Like they, they went through their league campaign undefeated, uh, obviously put out less on the last round. And just see what Tommy was saying there about starting a bit slow. That's actually been the case for us probably as good as we've been in Europe. There's actually been quite a few games that's been like that. I think back to Porto last year away, uh, Benfica. Uh, Benfica away was the same uh, Braga was the same at Ibrox but the difference being every one of the games I've mentioned could include Thursday we've never lost any of them so I think that's obviously credit to the, to the players and the management that even when we're poor I don't know if it's the fact that we've got a kind of good defensive shape about is everybody knows their job all, all the stuff everybody spoke about we seem to still be able to stay in ties because as Tommy said I, I was watching the highlights back as well and McGregor didn't actually make that many saves. No, at all. And if you look throughout the team, I think as, as a collective we weren't great, but you could probably say individually we didn't start great, but every single player kind of 
seem to go into the game, uh, especially in the second half, where I think we probably looked at we were going to be the ones who, who maybe get the second goal, out with obviously the, the great save at the end. But it, it was strange because I would say one thing that we credit ourselves on, on most is our, our team shape, but our press was a wee bit slow and we probably weren't as defensively solid as we normally are, but as I said, we, we managed to stay in the tie anyway, and, and we certainly progressed well as the game went on. As I said, in the second half, you probably looked like we were going to get the second goal, I thought. Yeah. Just very quickly, I'll tell you who's not started slowly. Robbie here. Robbie Halliday. Always a great start to say, <laughs> I agree with Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that, by the way. Start out of the blogs. We're done. <laughs> He's coming back on. Before <laughs> stealing the mic off of William, right? I just wanted to say it's because Robbie makes a very good point there. I remember firing into the the uh, this Ibrox WhatsApp group saying, "I genuinely and I still hold true to it. The team that can get their press better, do it better across these two ties, will win the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. will win the tie. I should say, you know, you know, across the two games because both teams were stuck well." Try and attempt that high press. That first twenty minutes, Slavia got it a hell of a lot better than we did. We were getting cut up, yeah, middle of the park as well. So you know, to Robbie's point, you know, spot on in terms of uh, Slavia were really, really over the top of our. To be fair to our team as well, that's probably why in some of these bigger European games we do start slow because we're making excuses for them. Very rarely do we come up against that uh, domestically, so you can kind of understand why. It'll take us a wee bit more time to get into those games. But see, when we do settle in, you can see the quality we've got. Because in fairness to them, I did think like they were smothering us for the first mm. 30 minutes anyway. Uh, so, under no illusions, they're a good side. And I think as well with the start, I don't know if if maybe they thought that they noticed the fact that our club captain was injured and maybe they tried to expose our fullbacks. But yeah. it was similar to, if you think back to the standard Asia away game, it yep. seems as though between them and there was a, another side I think it might have been young boys last young boys last year but it seems as though European teams try and do exploit our full backs I think yeah. the first sort of 15-20 minutes particularly seen that with, with Parts and the right back and the boy with the dreadlocks look, looked a good player but if you watch the game back again like the amount of early switches of play they try and do to exploit our full backs 1v1 you could see it was telling and to be fair that's normally when if you look at our shape obviously you don't want Kind of our wingers tracking all the way back to their fullbacks. So normally our right centre mid and left centre mid are really good at helping our fullbacks out. But to be fair to them, they were just switching the play that quickly that we were kind of struggling to move side to side. Yeah. Uh, but again, as I say, the second half we, we progressed better with that. But they, to their credit, they did do it well in the first half and we probably did struggle a wee bit. And that's obviously how they get our goal. They, they switched the play quickly on one side and were able to exploit us to be one. Robbie, um, Robbie, Willie, on the, um, as this is Ibrox resident goalkeeper, um, it was some strike, wasn't it? It came really out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming at all. Um, and Alan McGregor gets absolutely nowhere near it. It's a great effort. Yeah, um, I was actually talking to a guy at my work just before the game, and we were talking about McGregor. And uh, you know, sometimes I feel like he could he could die for shots that he maybe doesn't. I'm going to be this is going to sound like a criticism, but it's not really. <laughs> and then you know, you get that outrageous save. And it happened in this game. Like for me, I thought maybe he could have done slightly better for the goal. I know that's heavily harsh, but that's just what I, I felt, you know. But uh, aye, it's a great strike. It really is. The thing that I know, would annoy me if I was in McGregor's position is how much freedom the boy in the centre of the park has to ping the ball out to the left. He's just, he's, it's too easy for him, to be honest. He's no, it's maybe going about half pace. 
and then he switches that ball over and you know that caused us all the issues as, as Robbie was saying there but uh, it's, a, it's a fabulous strike but I wanted McGregor to move for it <laughs> I, think in, I think in McGregor's defence I don't, I don't I get your, I get your point right but in McGregor just in case the the pseudo just stones, in case he's well, watching I, well, just in case the, the <laughs> exactly the you know what, I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> you know, I, I, can, I, I couldn't give a monkey he's, he's a great goalkeeper he's just not Andy Gorham right there you go oh, <laughs> he's, he's in early black game um, but I think he is. I think he's slightly unsighted by Conor Goldson. Um, you know, the guy whips it round him. So I don't actually think he sees it until quite late as well. It was slightly similar to slightly different angle, but I want to say maybe the third goal, uh, Ibrooks, the Leverkusen scored. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Leon Bailey. Yeah, gets was it round. Kind of uses the unsighted. Wasn't it? I yeah. turn Polster inside out and then puts it round. And sometimes there's just nothing. You know, if you're seeing it really late, it's already round. Williams a goalkeeper, I'm not, but uh, you know, there we go. I'm fair's fair. Sometimes even I will uh, see. To be fair, I'm not going to leave Willie hung out to dry here. I, I actually <laughs> thought the same. No, no, so much that he, he, sh- he could have saved it. I should have saved it. I did just think like I thought he could have maybe went for that there. But I think obviously when you watch it, watch it back, it does look as though he's unsighted, and I'm not criticising Alan McGregor because he's brilliant. So <laughs> if he <laughs> thought he could have saved it, he'd have went for it. That's what I think. I'm the one defending Alan McGregor here. Thomas, already you can see where this chat's going, can't you? (laughs) That's where I got my answer out nice and early for you. (laughs) So listen, I I think it's safe to say Prague really gave us a bit of doing for the first 25 minutes and I felt mentally and and physically we, we we looked a bit second best and I think it was understandable after... The celebrations that, that took place at the weekend across Saturday, Sunday, and I'm almost certain probably into part of Monday. <clears throat> um, however, second half of the first half, we gradually came back into the game, Tommy, and I have to say kudos to Yanis um, Hadji for great perseverance for, for getting that assist in for that equalising goal. Yeah, it chases it down. Uh, manages manages to get there, and the keeper's just scared to, to come for it. It was actually, you know, as you say, the, the story of the tie was Rangers gradually. The glib thing is Rangers gradually sobered up and got into it and realised that they were on a pitch, right? But the, actually, the serious notion of that is, you know, I think William and, and Robbie were alluding to it as well earlier, is that Rangers are, and they're very good at this. You know, they've been very good at it throughout the season as well, particularly this season and consistency. You know past two seasons maybe in flashes but they're very good at adapting on the fly during games and then reacting to what other teams are doing and not just reacting in a for want of a better way of putting it in a defensive way but reacting in terms of saying okay we've soaked that up now we will start to cut you up yeah that's why rangers you know to robbie's point earlier when he was saying we hadn't lost any of those games in terms of where we've been on the back for it to begin with it's because Rangers have you know, got those really important aspects which are, they can understand the game, the management team can do that, they, the players can turn and uh, be on their feet quite lively and change the system, etc., and then start to exploit. But there's also a belief in that, okay, we're under the cost right now, get in here next to me and we will weather this storm together and then we'll actually go forward, which is why we don't lose those games. Yeah. But yeah, towards the end of the second half, I thought it was, I'd probably say first 20, 20 odd minutes, Slavia. After that, it became probably toe to toe. We were starting to edge it. Second half, pretty much us. And actually, you know, the stats probably massively don't bear that out in terms of, you know, I think Slavia had something like 
12 shots till six or whatever, 60% of possession overall and all that kind of stuff. But actually when you start to look at it on target, it goes back to the story of it, on target I think they had three till two or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure somebody will pull me up on you know, stats depending on who's who's really important on that. But, you know, they actually blocked more of our shots as well. So we actually fully came back into that game. They just had a really good start. But Rangers do what Rangers always do under Stephen Gerrard, which is maintain, yeah, adapt, and almost overcome on this occasion. But we set ourselves up really nicely for Thursday. Willie, I think in Yanis Hadji, we are... We're seeing a, a player that is for the big occasions, but I personally feel that in these big European games, he's always been there or thereabouts with an assist or, or something really clever in the game to, to work in our favour. Yeah, absolutely. He seems to shine in these European nights a bit more than, than any other. Maybe he fancies this com- competition just like Morelos, but uh, he's, he's he's really kicking on. And I mean, I gave him a bit of criticism earlier on this season. I felt like he could have done a bit more uh, maybe off the ball, uh, tracking back and whatnot. But I think we're seeing that now, and I think we're seeing a really good player developing. As you said, I think he's he's coming on a game, and you know if we just get a bit more consistent, consistently, we're going to really struggle to hold on to him. I believe. Robbie, we've said historically in the pod, if if Hadji was a little bit quicker, he probably wouldn't be Rangers. However, he is. <laughs> I absolutely. I think I think there's a, there's there's definitely an element of awareness that if he if he was a couple of yards quicker. He wouldn't be playing in Scotland, and that's just the way of it. And I think the Rangers fans appreciate that. However, the the more that he continues to to maybe make up for that lack of pace, it becomes a really useful tool for Steven Gerrard in these European games. I think it's something we were discussing, just obviously between ourselves and between friends and whatever, if we should have signed him in the summer. I think this was kind of always expected you were going to get this for him, where it wasn't always going to be great, but... I think in the last couple of years, if you were to compare our side to Celtics, in a, win, in a one-off game, I probably fancy us having a better team, having a better shape, better coaching staff. But one thing I always think they had over us is they had more match winners. So that's why I thought in the summer, Hadji could be a really important signing uh, because he does kind of have that ability to pop up when you need him. Because I agree with Willie, I thought the first, I think the majority of people would probably admit the first four or five months, I don't think it was great. Uh, but it's kind of been since the sort of turn of the year, his numbers have went up. His numbers have probably always been good, but I think his, his general plays went up and his numbers have went up. And since he's been here, he has produced in big moments. And I don't know what age he is, but he's still a young guy as well. Yeah. So that that's one thing I've really liked about him since he came even in his first loan spell. He might not always had the greatest of games, but he never, ever had. He was always wanting the boy. He was always trying to make things happen. I even think that despite his... Uh, his lack of pace. I, I actually think his work rate's really good. And I think you, you can always see him try to win the ball back and that sort of stuff. So, no, I agree with you. I think that uh, it, it's almost the, the kind of given with, with those type of players, number 10s and wingers, you, you're going to get a bit of inconsistency. But the thing with him is he does produce numbers and he produces even big moments. So, the more he continues that, obviously, the better for us. Robbie, I'm going to stick with you and I want to speak about Nathan Patterson. So, we, we know that you're doing a bit of, of, of coaching just now. Um, at a level that's probably quite critical for players as to what they go on to do. Nathan Patterson's obviously came right through our setup and is now playing in really big games, albeit because James Tavernier's injured, of course, but he's fitted in really, really well. I would suggest that for youngsters that are at the training centre now, they can probably see a pathway from where they are to first-team involvement, potentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I, I think as a support, particularly in the last sort of six, seven years, considering where we were as a club, one of the biggest disappointments has been our lack of sort of uh, lack of ability to bring through youth players. I think on Thursday, I'm sure he would admit himself. I think Gerard kind of alluded to it a wee bit. He did kind of struggle to start the game, but yeah. to be fair to him, I think uh, I, I thought the boy but he was up against with the dreadlocks was a good player. Uh, and sometimes, as I was saying earlier, like if we don't get a kind of shape right where we are right right sided centre mid and left sided centre mid, we play that narrow that sometimes if the fullback is exposed, then it can be a difficult job. So I think their fullbacks were playing really high. So it's not as if it was an easy night for them, but the biggest compliment you could give him is 19-year-old, huge game, started kind of a bit ropey and he grew into the game as it went on. And, and one thing, again, similar to Hadji, he never hides, which I, I really, really like him. I'd love to see him at the club for years because, as I said, I think some of you know being great as bringing through youth players. And just, I think, it, you only ever really hear good things about him in terms of his attitude, his ability. And I think what we've seen him so far you know, seems to be the case. He just, he's just very un- unfortunate that the guy in front of him is a club captain and he's got unbelievable consistency and very, very, really injured. Uh, but to his credit, you know, the, the limited appearances he's had, I, I think he showed up really well. So, as you say, hopefully that acts as a good marker to other youth players because by all means it seems as though the, the club from top to bottom seems in a, a much better place. So you'd like to think the next few years we'll start to sort of bear fruits to that. Tommy, I... I... I think what we we also see now is that there is a, a set way we play throughout the club. I think every it's safe to say every age group is is almost playing in a a similar manner. That has been advantageous to Nathan Patterson, but I don't think we should shy away from just how good this guy is going to be. In the sense that it's almost like we haven't missed James Tavernier at right back for these two games. And I, I know what you mean by that. I, I know you don't mean it in a like for like. No, no, not at all. Um, no, that's what I, I totally understand. He has, he's, he's slotted in relatively seamlessly. Um, I suppose in the, the wider sense to what Robbie was saying there as well, and I, I agree, you know, it's a really good pathway. Um, Nathan's really well thought of. That's why he's there. He's obviously got the talent, both, you know, doing the defensive work and going forward. One swallow does not a spring make, and that's not me being negative. You know, there has to be a, I think the, the cliche is conveyor belt, you know, whatever your terminology is, right? Sausage machine uh, in terms of producing players, you know. Um, maybe not the greatest phrase that I've ever used. To them, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it now. Uh, we're down the rabbit hole. But yeah, and he's a really good barometer of that. If you can get a couple of players like that, and you, you know, you're never going to produce a start in a living, you know, consistently from, no. your, from your youth development. You're looking for a handful of players every you know, first teamers that nail down a jersey every couple of years, and then maybe a slightly larger number of players that you can bring in and sell on, who, who won't really make your grade. That way, you keep ticking it over. You know, I suppose right? that's, that's your strategy. But in terms of you know Nathan specifically, yes, he has slotted in. And getting back to your question, slotted in, he's done a really good job. You can see there's still some rough edges. The boy's really, really young. Hey, Christ Almighty, he's doing a grand job. But it's all about that succession planning, and that's the important point. Yeah. If he, he is the future, and for all I, I love him and he's he's proven lots of people, including myself, who's criticised him wrong in terms of James Tavernier, James Tavernier is not the future. You know, he's towards the end of that trail. Yeah. Uh, I don't say immediately, right? We're not going to take him out into the woods and old yellow style, you know, <laughs> bolt under the back of the head or anything like that. But it's you know, it's a case of 
James Tavernier now gets a decision to make himself. He might, I think he's in the last year of his contract, he might want to go somewhere else. He might want to take that crack at the CL, whatever. But in long-term planning, as every club has to do, as every business has to do, you need to look at what's the next stage. And the next stage is Nathan Parson can get more and more game time. Then there's a question in Stephen Gerrard's mind in the preseason of who do I maybe start with? But yes, to bookend that, to your point, you're hoping that other players in the youth setup are looking at that. And other players in other people's youth setups yeah. who could come to Rangers, you know, Calvin Bassey and all that type of stuff did that. And say, not only Rangers a great place to go and they've got world-class coaches and a setup and all these types of different things, there's a clear pathway. And we're talking about a clear pathway to a team who, are, who have just won the title, not in dire straits, and needing to throw youngsters in because yeah. it's desperado. It's a clear pathway to a championship winning side, the champions, and a team who are going to get a crack at the CL. That becomes massively attractive to a slew of players, never mind youngsters. And if we can pick up some of the best continental youngsters, you know, extrapolate that out to globe as well, but there's can, you know, um, other issues there. But if you can start to get these players in, then ultimately you get either a good player or a fee for said good player and some residuals. That's a good business model. Yeah. Willie, we... We don't really have a lot to weather in the second half across in Prague. Indeed, I would say Ryan Kent probably has the best chance of the second half and just doesn't lie for him. Um, however, we get to the death and you, you you can see that there's maybe something about to happen. Prague got a corner and, and drift it in. And I have to say, Alan McGregor makes a save that I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in my life. He has the cheek to catch it with his pinky. Um, and... It's really been a, a classic example of what we've been used to from Alan McGregor over the years. He maybe doesn't have a lot to do in games. However, when he does, it's something that makes you stand up and applaud, pay attention, sort of be in disbelief at it. It was an incredible save, a great time in the game for him to make. No, absolutely, especially the dying few, few minute, uh, seconds left, wasn't it? In the 89th minute and 30 seconds or something, I nearly was spot yeah. on, but... I mean, I, when the ball came in and, and you seen that boy make contact with his head, you're like, oh. and then you just you're like, where's the ball went? Ken, I didn't realise where the ball went. I was, I was looking for it, and you know, McGregor scored it in his grasp. It was phenomenal. It really was. And I mean, I've watched it back. I don't know how many times, fifty-five maybe. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, um, I like it. <laughs> um, it's, it's just everybody's reaction to it. It's, the, this Slavia. You know, they players all thought it was in. Yep. I think all our players thought it was in. And then when you realise who's who's got the ball, you know, McGregor, I think Bagani Zungu is my favourite reaction. He kind of turns around and then he like slowly turns back <laughs> and like, what's just happened there? Like, um, but it's, it's a tre- tremendous save. And I mean, we were speaking about it off air. I do think that save on Thursday night was better than the Weller Birmingham. You know, the one then. Robbie, same question to you. The. The save on Thursday night or the save in Bremen in 2008? This has kept me up at night to think it was a better save. I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. I think the only kind of, well, not the only argument, but an argument you can make for Thursday being better is the word of Bremen where there's kind of only one place it can go and he's already sort of shifting it to that side. Uh, but even at that, the word of Bremen one was like three yards out. <laughs> three yards out in the last minute. Uh, Quarter final day. UEFA Cup of the time, so I think if that save is definitive and us going through, then I'll say that's better. 
Uh, if we go, if we go through and scud them five 0 then I'm going to keep it the Bremen one. But if we go through by a goal, then I'm going to choose Thursdays. Tommy, we'll, and we'll be, we'll be very. I mean, I, I don't want it to get into a debate. Genuinely, don't want it to get into a, a Gorham McGregor debate because I think, <laughs> honestly, um, we've there's seen no, that. Quite, no debate. Uh, we've seen that. We've seen that quite a lot in the last week. Indeed, we spoke about it with Jim Stewart. Um, last week in the pod, he um, won't let me forget it as well. He, he definitely <laughs> won't. He definitely won't. It was an unbelievable. There's a couple of angles that you see of the save. There's one I've seen where he's at full strength and he's literally straining every sinew to get with the ball. And the close-up of that on his left glove, it's it is actually his pinky that's <laughs> preventing us from going home two one down in the tie. It's an incredible moment in the leg, isn't it? It absolutely is, and you know I'm deeply disappointed in the guys not just taking firm positions. The, the, the save against Slavia is better than the Verde Bremen save. I think so. I, I think so. Absolutely, I. Nice and nice and simple uh, for everything that he does. And if you're going to, you know, to to extrapolate it out as well, you're talking about an older goalkeeper. Yeah. A much older goalkeeper here who manages to read it and get down, get down it in the bottom corner from a header yep. from only what six yards out. I'll take that uh, all the time. But yeah, it could be, to, to Robbie's point as well, that he was making about the Verde Bremen game in general too, it could be a really pivotal uh, pivotal turning moment. Because if that, if you go away there and all of a sudden it's 2-1, the game dynamics change because you're having to come out. You're also having to take that away with you. Oh, it was last minute. We didn't play amazing. It looks as though we we're going to get some sort of result and all of a sudden you're a goal behind and all that type of thing. So I think it sets up nicely for Rangers to be, I don't think it'll be an easy game. I think we're in slightly the driving seat, um, but it'll be really tough. I'm not saying it's to bed yet, but how much more difficult would it be if your keeper doesn't pull out what is essentially a world-class save? 100%. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's it's big for me as well, right? So the nuts and bolts of the save, it's the fact he keeps a hold of that. He doesn't pan it around the, the post. He doesn't put it back in the six-yard box and it's just a save. And this goes back to what we were talking about when, uh, when Jim Stewart was on as well. I was saying there's goalkeepers who make saves and there's goalkeepers who give confidence to everybody in the team round about them. Alan McGregor is firmly at the top of that second pile. Yeah. Last minute, header down at the bottom corner is a bullet of a header. The boy hits it sweet. That's and, a great header. Oh, yeah. you couldn't ask for a better connection, right? Aye. Yeah. And it's going into the corner, into the side netting. McGregor gets down, doesn't set up another scramble in the box by palming it out, doesn't set up another corner, which the ref would have probably allowed because of the time. Takes it. Gets the pinky on top of it, leans the hand over the top of it, gets his body in there, takes it in. Done and dusted, lads. Let's get this uh, final whistle because I've got something sitting in the cooler that I need to get back to, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's why it's a, that, I think it's a phenomenal scene. See, what you're saying there, that's what I love so much about McGregor. I think he's one of the only goalies who would make that save and no even like make a big deal yet. Like, another <laughs> example as well is like, see the, the Griffiths save at Ibrooks there? Yeah. yeah. Any other goalie is almost pointing to the corner flag to say, by the way, I saved that. Whereas he's actually, he's seen he never saved it. He's seen it at post. Ah, you think any other goalie's claiming the save? You think a yellow card for the same as he has a goal at the left. <laughs> <laughs> he's seen it at the post. I'm like, why are you not claiming that save? <laughs> See if you watch it back, but as well, the ball bounces just before it gets to him as well, which, yeah. you know, it's. It's unbelievable, it really is. And he's, you know, his description of how he's done it as well, it's perfect nah, it's after the game. It's unreal. He's, he's a, he's a, I think we're maybe the same age myself, roughly, I think, myself and Alan McGregor, right? He gets down into that corner. I'm telling you, I can't even get down into my chair. Well, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, if, 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 you were to, 
if you were, if you if you were to knock over that, I, I assume it's maybe something like cranberry juice or something you're drinking tonight, Thomas. But if you drink, if you dink that off the table, there is no danger that that is not going all over your fancy floor. I'll, I'll be I'll be leaving that to the maid to to I should point out because um, cranberry juice is horrendous unless it's uh, well, people of a certain age will remember uh, the garage um, vodka cranberry. Oh, ninety pence. <laughs> Um, people of a certain vintage will remember that, but it's uh, the world's nicest fruit juice, uh, blood orange, sanguinello. Oh, nice, well played. Decent, well played. Right, I'll let you get that down your throat, but I'm going to come back to you. Um, see, after the game on... After the game on Thursday, uh, Stephen Gerrard's post-match stuff, behave yourself. Um, <laughs> Vinny O'Connor from Sky Sports... Um, asked him a question and Stephen Gerrard kind of barked back at him a little bit as if to say, well, I've been up here three years now and not one of you guys has thought to get involved in any of these press conferences. And now that we begin to to win stuff and become um, laden with trophies again, all things being equal, um, Sky were taking a bit of an interest. I just wonder how... Steven Gerrard and a winning Steven Gerrard team and a Steven Gerrard team that's bringing in trophies is going to change the landscape of Rangers and, and British football again. Really interesting question that, and I think it was quite quite spiky actually, if I recall the the, the clip in terms yeah. of, you know, yeah, a little bit of disappointment and anger there that the let's say the English wing, if you like, of, of Sky Sports hadn't taken any any um, or hadn't given any respect. Yeah. the size of the job and what had been delivered and the process that he was going through in terms of building a championship winning winning team. I think in terms of the landscape, the fact that he's been there and broken the dominance has a, a certain level to that. But we still know that, you know, barbs get thrown from anything uh, in England, which is, you know, Scotland's Farmers League or, you know, anybody could win it. It's a two-hours race, you know, notwithstanding if anybody wants to look at the stats of how many teams have actually won the Premiership. You know, they keep banging on about, oh, it's a great league, the Premiership. It's not a great league, actually. But they keep banging on about, oh, but somebody like a Leicester can win it. Yeah, give, us, give us peace, right? Okay. Um, you know, one off every every other millennium, somebody outside of a very select few clubs will win it. But, you know, I'm not going to go with the, the EPL there, right? Because I just don't care enough about it to ever go at it. But the, the point is, not only are they showing an interest in that recalibrates some of the noise and some of the messaging around about it, it's the standard of football that people will start to see because Rangers have played their way to the title right? and it's very important that they've played their way in the right way and they've beaten another team. It's not been handed to them. You know, we're not sitting here, somebody's handed us a trophy on a Zoom call and it like that. They have taken on the best that Scotland had to offer and absolutely shown them up. But more important than this comes to the legitimacy part, particularly when you're looking at that down south perspective. You look at the teams that we've come up against in Europe and played. And really, by and large, I think we all have to appreciate that no matter what Stephen Gerrard does in Scotland, to a large extent, there is always a bookmark or a caveat when it comes to down south eyes. And it'll always be, I managed to win it in Scotland. That's kind of expected if you're backed right. But look at what he's done in Europe. This is what might get him a job in, in England. In a sense, there's only one job in England that Stephen Gerrard would, would ever want, obviously, Man United. Um, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, that's the point. The fact that they are turning up now at the glory point, it was nice to see Stephen Gerrard get a wee bit annoyed about that. Yeah. You are disrespecting me, my players, my fan base, and everything that we've, you know, blood, sweat and tears to get to this point, as we've done this and all of a sudden you come up to say, oh, well done, when are you coming back to England? 
know, Stephen Gerrard is obviously quite clearly in this for the long haul because he sees a brighter future, more exciting times, and how great it is going to be Stephen Gerrard leading out a Rangers eleven as the Champions League music plays at Ibrox. And then, Robbie, I think we, we spoke about this to, to Jim Stewart last week. Tommy and I were on with Jim, and, and I think it was, I can't remember if it was Tommy or Jim that actually mentioned the Champions League. And amidst all of the, the sort of huge satisfaction that we had last weekend, Champions League was something that hadn't even got anywhere near my mind. And it seems like so long ago that we went and watched a, a Champions League game at Ibrox to, to have the opportunity to do that again next season will be really, really special for the support. It, it might even be a sort of definitive moment that makes you realise kind of how, how far we've actually come in the last decade because I, I've been thinking about this as well. As much as it's been a, a, a long 10 years being a bit of a rollercoaster ride, I think it'll only be in the next kind of year, two years, where you actually look back, reflect on the full journey, you actually appreciate how far we've came considering how low we were at a certain point. Yeah. And obviously Gerard's a huge played a huge part in that. And, and the reason that we're going to be so close to the Champions League in terms of getting the group stage and, and hopefully beyond is because how well he's been able to do in Europe the last three years. We've obviously kind of flew the flag for Scotland in that regard. So it, it will be a serial moment here in the Champions League music again. Fingers crossed it's going to be in front of a full house. You'd like to think so, but we never know in this current scenario. So, <laughs> But I definitely think that it will be... Those are the kind of moments that you'll think... We were we were buzzing at winning a better fact three years ago because we'd we'd failed at a few attempts. So the fact that it's felt like a lifetime because we've went through sort of challenging times to get to where we were to where we are now is an unbelievable achievement. And he's obviously a, a massive part of that. Yeah, just want to hear those beautiful three little words that make me happy. Three game package. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll, so yeah, I'll, 250 quid probably. If anybody wants to buy a kidney, please. <laughs> Willie, it's, it's, Robbie's absolutely right. I, I think we will look back at, at this sort of time or the lead up to this time. Um, the 55 this season has been, has been quite incredible. When you think about the, you know, it was just, it's just over a year ago now when we, we lost to, to Hamilton at Ibrox and the the turnaround since then um, has been nothing short of incredible. Uh, and I think it was almost exactly a year and then we win the league. You know what I mean? And I think after that Hamilton game that you were just speaking about, I think Gerard came out and he says, I need to reevaluate, I need to think a lot of things over. And yeah. He was questioning his future. And I, I mean, I'm, I think I was probably one of them as well. I was saying something along the lines of, if that was any other manager, would he have been gained that time? And I don't believe he would have, if I'm honest, if I'm totally honest. But, you know... The board have, have seen the progression. I mean, the first thing it kind of changed was we, we were a bit harder to beat and then the football started becoming nicer. And then this is just under Gerrard, obviously. And then obviously, you know, this season we've won the league. Everything's came together just perfect. And, you know, we've been absolutely unbelievable all season. Phenomenal all season. Well and truly deserve to be champions. Robbie, we're on the verge of a, a huge couple of days. Uh, Thursday, we've got the, the second leg of the... Slavia Prague game at Ibrox, and then of course we travel across across the city on on Sunday. We'll cover the Europa League game first on Thursday. Um, I would say advantage us, slender advantage certainly, but we go into the game with that away goal. So you would like to think we add to that relatively early on in Thursday night. 
I, th- I think so. Even though I was saying that I think that they looked a decent side, I still trust trust uh, the ability on the other side that we, we'll come through the tie. I think if you'd like, hopefully we've seen the best that they've got. I don't think they've seen the best that we've got. Uh, and I think if you look over the set, uh, the second half of that game, as I said, I, I thought we looked more threatening, and that was where us yeah, nursing a hangover. So hopefully we're not a bit fresh, we'll be able to be a wee bit better for 90 minutes. But I, I just think that never in my lifetime have I had this much confidence in a Rangers side in European football, and they, they continue to surprise us, and I don't think that will change on Thursday. It, actually, Tommy was talking about it earlier when he said about our sort of ability to stay in games with Gerard and, and then override and overcome. The way I was thinking it, it's actually as if we've took the good side of Walter Smith's European side, or Walter Smith's European side in the Manchester run and Advocate's European side is unbelievable football. We've actually took that and combined it and created one one team with because we're able to see out results, whether that's a draw, whether it's not a win when we're not playing well. But likewise, when we are good, we play some unbelievable stuff. Like if you think of Benfica away, we were superb. That's a side to Arsenal just struggled to, to beat. There's been plenty of games. I don't need to list them all, but we've actually combined two totally different styles. And certainly my lifetime, I've never seen us approach European games with so much positivity and attacking intent. And it's it's brilliant to watch. And for that reason, I think on Thursday, it'll make us favourites. And I think they would probably concede that as well, uh, given the results that we've had in Europe the last few years. Tommy, going to Thursday night as confident favourites, do you think? Oh, I've lost. Oh, there you go. No, it's, it's slight favourites. I would probably, probably say, but with that confidence as well, I don't yeah. think we, I don't think we need to fear anybody. Um, you know, we don't approach any of these games with an inferiority complex. No. You know, and, and by and large, that's based in belief and what we've seen in front of us. You know, we've seen teams like Villarreal, Porto, Benfica, Braga, uh, Lech Poznan. You know, all these types of teams with some really, really good players. The only time I've ever felt that we've been given a bit of a, a lesson is, is Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and that's the Bayer Leverkusen, obviously, that has, has probably went down in uh, people's estimations because they've lost some key players like Havertz and stuff like that as well. But do you, I so really, Can I just stop you there? Do you think we would have beat Bayer Leverkusen without Havertz? Mm, I'm not entirely convinced about that. I don't think they were a one-man team. I just mean that if you take that component part out, Havertz yeah. had quite a big uh, input on the game, particularly Ibrox. I thought his Aye. movement uh, off the ball was actually better than his movement on the ball. Yeah. That game, I was watching him quite Agreed. a bit, and the way he dragged people in and out, and he made their def- uh, midfield and defence almost look like there was no communication because he's dropping into pockets and creating havoc. Kai, Kai Havoc, there we go. Uh, Havoc's <laughs> well, um, You know, excuse me, that rather poor pun there. But uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I, I don't I don't think we would have necessarily seen seen them off the premises or anything. I thought Bayer were a really, really well put Yeah, they were a good um, but, but yeah, I don't think, one, I don't think Slavia are the same calibre. I think, you know, to Robbie's point as well, we have, I, I believe, I hope, I trust, that we did see the best of them coming out right out of the traps. I sense they might try something similar because they might want to get their away goal really yeah. early and make us start to think about things at like Ibrox. Um, but I, I think we have more than enough in the locker to yeah, to get in amongst them. I think we just need to probably be, it's a bit cliched, but be a bit more clinical, but create maybe slightly better chances. We were better in the second half out there, but it wasn't clear cut to clear cut, if you know what I mean. 
yeah, yeah. a clunky phrase, but we need to make their keeper do a lot more work. I thought when their keeper in their back four got pressured, his kicking went into the basement and some of their decision-making at the back became yeah. very, very ropey as well. Uh, so I would expect there'll be two teams, back to my original point, who try and press from the get-go. First goal will be very, very, very important in that, in that game, I suggest. Willie, I think if we were lucky enough to to progress into the next round, I think it opens up a lot of avenues as, as far as the, the rest of the tournament is concerned because the way that the the draw fell out for Rangers, and I think Robbie's already alluded to, Slavia Prague probably think it's, it's fell in their favour as well. There's a lot of big teams that can go out at this stage, which which leaves the, the tournament really wide open. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been a bit lazy. I've not even checked our teams, but I remember when the draw was coming out, and I was happy to just get anybody, but then I remember, like, uh, I think it was AC Milan, Man United, and Ajax were all coming out, and I was thinking, Jesus, there's fucking some right good teams still left in this competition. So, yeah. I mean, I think regardless of who we face, you know, everybody's there for a reason. They're all good football inside, so it'll be difficult no matter what it is. But, you know, the way I'm taking it is European football right now is a, a kind of free hit, so to speak, for me, and there's no pressure on the team to do with the, the, you know, go any further. Um the only thing I wanted for them this season, they've already delivered, so I'm happy. Any prediction for Thursday, Willie? <sighs> I think there'll be goals, to be honest. I think it'll be a 3-2 to Rangers. Yeah. Same one to you, Robbie, what do you reckon? I think I'm terrible at betting, but I'll go for 2-0. I reckon a 2-0. I, I, I do think we'll win, and I don't think that they'll cause us as many problems as they did on Thursday. I actually think I don't know if we'll set up different, but I think, I don't know if we maybe found a blueprint on how to uh, cause them more bother in the second half, because it seemed as though we kind of changed our shape a wee bit. I actually looked as though when Arfield came on, Aribo moved up one, and it was almost as if we went to like two up front. Yeah, absolutely. Where Aribo just kind of drifting left, right in the middle. So I don't know if we'll maybe change our setup a wee bit, because... Your management seem to be really good at that, like identifying weaknesses in opposition and ad- adapting our style to suit. So I think we'll be better prepared this leg, so I'll go for a 2 0. Thomas, same to you. 2 1, Rangers. 2 1, Rangers. Yeah. And you, Scott? I, I think we do. I think we'll be quite convincing on Thursday. I, I, I think 2 0 at least. I, I think that um, we've played. Better teams in Europe over the last two seasons than what Slavia Prague were, to be perfectly honest with you. Leverkusen, Porto, Feyenoord, all better teams as far as I was concerned. And I think Slavia Prague really caught us on the on the end of what was a really celebratory weekend and made us look really ordinary in the first 20 minutes because of the way they came at us. Yeah. Um, I think we'll be okay on Thursday. Do you know why, I just, why I've got a slightly different opinion to that, right? Why I think it will be tight is... Because you're absolutely right with everything you've just said there. I don't, I don't disagree with it. The, rash, the reason why I think that it'll be a tougher game against Slavia than some of those people you've mentioned is they, they came to play us with an expectation that they had more talent and they didn't alloy it to a certain extent with the ability and the work rate that we had. Whereas I think Slavia have the work rate and I don't think that they'll slacken off and it won't be a game of just playing your way into it. I think we'll have to go toe-to-toe and out-compete them in every area of the park for the whole 90-odd minutes to be able to win it. That's why I think it's going to be so so close, because I don't think this is the type of team, this Slavia team, that goes away. I think they will come 
and they will keep pressing right up to the 90th minute and we'll have to see them off the premises by hand. I'm going to stay with you, Tommy, because this is a difficult one and I know you you like these tough, probing questions. <laughs> um, so before we cover the game on Sunday, um, we we obviously have that, that big tie. Probably would have been a big tie about three weeks ago. Um, do we want a win on Thursday as opposed to a win on Sunday or other way around? So in other words, do we put an old firm victory ahead of progression in the Europa League? Well, as much as I like beating the provincial rivals, right, and, uh, you know, our, <laughs> our closest challengers for the title. <laughs> um, but, uh, as much as I enjoy beating, beating these, these wee mobs as much as the next man, you know, the glibness aside there, because I just had to approach it that way, right? The, the glibness aside, out with of some of the bragging rights, right, Actually, you know, by and large doesn't doesn't mean anything out with of those bragging rights, right, and winning yeah. a, a, an OF game. Because we've already taken away what they really needed. We've taken the championship back, right? They they are heartbroken. They are devastated, right? So there's nothing else that actually we really need to do there other than turn them up and in a COVID safe environment hopefully <laughs> <laughs> distancing them from more points, right? But Aye, there's nothing in there for us. We are we have transcended that. We are the league champions, so we get to pick and choose what's important to us now. Other people can't dictate that. <laughs> so aye. we could go there and we can have a nice time. Um, you know, Stephen Gerrard can play all the kids, and we'll see. And, you know, we can tie flags around scarves and all that, and we can do all that tawdry stuff that they might engage in. Um, I, I'm sure. You know, and all of our players should turn up in short sleeves, no matter how cold it is, because that's the mark of champions. Right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. But yeah, so all the gladness to one side, it doesn't actually mean anything out with a beating that more, right? Tangibly, we've got what we want, we've got what they've desired, we've taken that away from them, right? If anything, it's visitation rights, we're going over to see something that's ours and they'll be coming back to every other voices in there. So that's it, which means by and large, having trailed through that, the only thing that actually tangibly means something is can we progress further in Europe for me? So you know me, guys, I would have taken getting knocked out any round of yep. any competition, including Europe, at the first stage of action. Uh, I would have been in a bush arguing with everybody that there was the right thing to do, <laughs> as long as we got the title. Title's in the bag. We can now prioritise. And the prioritisation here is, yes, it'd be nice to put another nail in the coffin of our uh, erstwhile rivals. It doesn't mean anything. Europe, we could be walking into a quarter-final here if we see Slavia off the premises. So... I've taken a long way around the barn to not surprise anybody when I say the European game is the important one for me this time around. So, Willie, a famous quote I remember when I was growing up, someone once said, and I, I, I'll not say who I think it was, but if it's him, then he's a huge Rangers fan. Um, he said, he doesn't want Celtic to win at Tiddlywinks. And I think in this case, um, I don't want to say you would... You could handle not winning at Celtic Park on Sunday if you knew you were progressing to the quarterfinals of European competition on a season where we have done so much. I mean, I always want to win every game we're in, you know. See, what is it, 12 o'clock on Sunday? I mean, my heart will be racing. I'll be tanning, <laughs> tanning pints and all that. <laughs> Try to calm my nerves, but I, I want to win every game we go into, to be honest, so... I'll sit in the fence with us completely, but I mean, just 
I remember listening to the radio. Unbelievable! on the fence. No, but like I was listening to the radio way back, like at the start of the season, and uh, it's a famous river, the channel, and if they call them the Specky Tube, so I think you all know who I'm talking about here. But uh, <laughs> his, his question to everybody was, "What would you rather have, the league or Europe?" And we're in a position to go for both now because yeah. we've wrapped up the league and we can go for Europe. So, hey, why, why not shoot for the stars? Robbie, same Europe. question to you. Ah, Thursday all day for me. Oh, oh, listen, it doesn't mean that I don't want to win over from any more than I would normally, but if you've got a choice, 100% Thursday, because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a bit us. So I think Sunday's probably a bigger game for them than it is us. Uh, if we win on Thursday and they beat us on Sunday, we just say, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares in the quarterfinal of Europa and we've won the league? So, uh, as I say, I, I think Sunday's probably bigger for them than, than it is us because no that we want to sort of take the conversation into about Celtic, I reckon, but I actually could, wouldn't be too surprised if they were to get a result over us and to finish the season strong that John Kennedy might have his eye on that job and I, I could see that happening. So, I think for them, sun, Sunday's a, a big game, but. 100% for us to focus on Thursday because it's, it's ultimately that's what's going to, that, that will be a bigger judge on how successful our season is. Because the sort of notion everybody discussing a, an undefeated season doesn't really sit right with me. Like, no, no, it doesn't sit right with me, but I've seen a couple of people almost like challenge the team on, on saying, right, now, now go for undefeated. Well, I, I wouldn't say we need to challenge them on that to the extent that if they don't achieve it, then it takes away from what they have achieved. They've done unbelievable. It's not necessarily their fault that we brought this up so early. Yeah. So I think they, they've ticked the box in terms of what we want to achieve in the league. If we can progress into a quarterfinal European competition while we're doing that, I think that's unbelievable and they deserve so much credit for it. So it's just a big, sorry, it's a, it's a big moment for, for Celtic and their, their fans on Sunday because, you know, the champions are in town. We <laughs> got a chance to play them. See, just on that, I don't know if any of you remember, but I remember Hearts came. I mean, I, this is when I wish the fans were still in like, the stadiums. I remember Hearts came and they had secured certain spot, and they came and they had newspapers. Yeah, the papers, they went to I, papers. Yeah. I, I would have loved I to have went, went out to their place and just had a paper it, kind of, <laughs> kind of hang, you know. Yeah, I, I, no, I, that was good. And every wind up under the sun. Aye, oh. just everything. Beach balls and everything. Uh, your jelly's turned sour and your ice cream melted. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I, I think from... from uh, from a personal point of view, and a season when we've achieved what we've achieved, I, I think it's my own personal thought. I, I think we deserve everything we get. I think we deserve to beat Prague, and I, I think we deserve to beat that lot on Sunday. And I think it more comes from the the years of torture we've had to put up with people in our street throwing tricklers out their windows every May because they've won another trophy again. Um, and make no mistake, mistake about it, the narrative just now is is very much that they cannot handle it. The, the self-entitlement that they've had for, for the last couple of years is incredible, and it's coming to the fore. Um, and it's going to get worse as, as trophy presentation day comes. And um, from a, a personal point of view, I'll take a huge deal of satisfaction seeing guys like Steven Gerrard, James Tavernier, and Alfredo Morelos lift that trophy above their head and make sure everyone sees it. Um, and and the Rangers fans will sing it loud and proud, and they'll make sure you know all about it. Come me, um, Tommy. There's been a bit made in the the past week about things like guards of honour. Curious to get your thought on that, and whether it's something we should a expect, 
B, do? Uh, no, nobody's ever actually asked whether we want a guard of honour from a team such as that. Yeah. Um, it's quite an interesting, slight nuance to that. Personally, listen, it's, it's bragging rights again. I, I really don't have much um, in terms of fiery powder about that. But if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And if you made such a big cacophony of, oh, it's a terrible thing that we don't get one and you should absolutely do it. And when that pigeon comes home to roost, <laughs> and I, I do use the word pigeon advisedly. But, but so if, that, if that pigeon comes home to roost, then you need to, you need to play it back the way it was done. Now, do we do we expect um, a team such as the one that we've just defeated to have that level of class? I'm, I'm certain we can all take a position on that. Um, so, yeah, if they do it, fine. It'll be there live on Sky Sports for all to record and see, and I look forward to the gifts of that for a very, very long time. <laughs> uh, if they don't do it, if, I really don't. You know, would you really want to be clapped on or off a park by the likes of Lee Griffiths? Listen, that's it. That's the point. What what would you get from it, you know, other than maybe a sense of unease that he was that close to you? But, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those ones. I feel feel it hard to get too exercised about it. I personally, to to your point, you did ask me a question. I don't think that they will go through with it. No, not despite, I. The, uh, despite the urgings of the, the likes of Brendan Rodgers and all that, um, I don't think that they will actually they, they will actually do it. There'll be some sort of um, they might try and halfway house an announcement to the you know, champions or whatever. But um, we're talking about people who are not half of this, and it's not their problem. I mean, I see um, what you see. What Brent, I can only assume that um, Brendan Rodgers has upgraded his glazing over the weekend <laughs> um, after <laughs> what he said. Um, today, I thought it was it was extremely brave of him, and not John Kennedy brave. I mean, real, genuine, <laughs> brave. Um, Robbie, give me your prediction for Sunday, if you don't mind. Uh, I, fa- I fancy still in anyway uh, because I think we're a better side, and even though I think obviously there's been talk of their forms being a wee bit better. Obviously, Ross County apart, I don't think they've lost that many recently. But even in I think throughout the games that. They've won convincingly, eh, convincingly, sorry. See if you actually look back and if you watch that, if you're bored watching highlights or even look at the match stats, every game they still concede so many chances. But like I even think, I watched the Kelly game at Rugby Park, I think they beat them 4-0, I think. Kelly had something like 12 shots. Like, <laughs> and, and that's like, we were talking, like, how much was getting made of the fact that eh, Hibs were good for 30 minutes against us and they probably had... I don't know, six. Everybody yeah. was going about Hamilton because McGregor made five saves. I think St. Mern was the same. They had, St. Mern had like double figure shots. Uh, Aberdeen, I watched uh, the highlights of that on, on sports scene. I think Aberdeen had a cut cleared off the line. They hit the bar. So I, I still think that, you know, they, they, could, they might be improving. I'm not too sure. I also I watched four or five minute highlights, but I, I think they'll always concede chances. And with the way we are playing in the sort of front three we've got, I, I would always fancy us to score goals. So in terms of scoring prediction, I'm not too sure, but I would be, I'd be confident as getting a result, even though we've had the game on Thursday, because I, there, there seems to be just that sort of, I don't know, mentality about the team this year that they want to, they've got their their foot on the throat and they want to keep it there. So I don't think that will change just because we've won the league. So I, I certainly fancy to win. In terms of scoring, I'm not too sure, but I, I'm confident. Willie, same to you. Win, lose or draw on Sunday for Rangers? Win. 
<laughs> Straight as you like. It's simple. Oh, it's still, simple. still on the fence. Still on the fence. Be. I love it. <laughs> Tommy, go for it. You know what? Four one Rangers. Oh, I take that, baby. Manelo scored in one of them. Manelo scored in all of them. All five of them. Manelo wants to score and to do another interview in English. For the players and the managers and the fans. Exactly. I've won one phrase and I'm going to give it to all these supporters watching. No, I think Rangers will actually really turn up because I think there is a serious point to it. I think we'll come off the back of Thursday, which I think we'll win. I think we'll want to make a statement and I don't think Gerard is the type to allow any standards to drop. Yeah. So I think he fully wants us to make a big statement in that we don't slacken off just because the trophy's in the cabinet, so to speak. We will show you that you really now need to chase us. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a cliche, but it's good good habits in football are a, a big, big thing. So see if we're still in still in Europe, we still have to play for the Scottish Cup, then you keep winning football matches and it's good habits and it just kind of it keeps that momentum going so I don't think now because we've won the league we'll want to win this game any less for that very reason so I, I, I would still fancy certainly the, the only thing that it comes down to to a certain extent as well I'm thinking more for Sunday than Thursday will just be if there's any serious rotation mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of personnel I don't think Steven Gerrard will mess about too much with the team between Thursday and Sunday to be honest with you but, I don't think so yeah, yeah. I think it'll be the, I think you'll be by and large, maybe one or two bodies will change maximum between yeah. those two games. I think the last few ones, there, there has been rotation, but it's almost as if he's got a kind of core 13, 14 players who he rotates yeah. between. I don't I don't really see that changing for, for Sunday anyway. Maybe maybe beyond that, uh, or Scottish Cup ties and maybe a couple of ones after the split, but I don't think Sunday because I still think I'm saying it's a big game for Celtic. It still is a big game for us because the momentum you get for that, yeah. the the positivity, the confidence still comes with any old fun one. Even like we, we still play videos at Ugo Egeog scoring an overhead kick at Park Ten. We'd already yeah. lost the league, so it's still it's still a big moment in the season, regardless how the league's going. So I don't think it'll rotate too much. It'll be a very familiar team for me. I think. Well, I think that? it learned these learned these lessons to a certain extent after the St Mirren game. Hmm. Aye, um, I agree, possibly. And I'll be quite direct there as well. And I know it's only been cameos and stuff like that, but I don't think that um, Bogani Zungo is the type of guy that you base your midfield around. No, no, I don't think we're going to have any rotation because is it not the international break after the game anyway? So Aye. some Aye. some of the boys are going to get a rest in that anyway. So I think we'll go full, full strength both games. Good point. Sure. Listen, guys, as usual, um, it is time to wrap it. Fantastic pod is, as per usual. Willie, thanks for joining us. Good to see you again, my friend. No, thank you. I'll go missing for a few more weeks, I think. <laughs> Robbie Halliday, welcome to this is Ibrox. Um, delighted to have you on board. Hope you've enjoyed it. I have, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Tommy, um, we'll do it all again next week. We'll review the Slavia Prague game, hopefully the draw for the quarterfinals of the Europa League, incredible, and fingers crossed um, another win at Celtic Park to talk about next week yeah I absolutely look forward to both of those things and Alan McGregor making even more saves <laughs> the pound of pressure on me seems better than going so we should say that all of our content is available across our website www.thisibrox.co.uk 
a couple of weeks ago, we started to do our women's pod. We were lucky enough to be joined by Nicola Doherty on the pod, which was an excellent chat. We do episode two this week, and we're joined by Kirsty Howitt. She joins us on the pod on Wednesday. It should be wherever you get your pods on Thursday stroke Friday. Good luck to Rangers on Thursday night, and in particular, good luck to the, the trip across the city on Sunday. We do it all again next week. Stay safe. Be well. Bye-bye. Fire's raging.